0: Hello, and welcome to the Revive Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Garner. Thank you for listening today. We have the honor today of having Pastor Massey speaking to us uh, on the 4th of July, 2022. What a cool era we live in. We have been given the authority to overcome all things. Pastor Massey surveys the founders of America and their beliefs in God and liberty, He points out to us that the federal government is not the authority over us. The Constitution is. The people of America are. If we want to roll back the abuses of power in this country, it starts with us, the people, taking up roles in local, state, and national government. Christians historically have abandoned this gift and responsibility given to us by God. We need to change our attitudes about this world. Many people are losing hope and just waiting for Jesus to come back to resolve it all. That is not the attitudes of the founders. When those men and women saw hardship coming, they fortified themselves in the Lord. How about we take up the fight in the Lord and show the power of the Lord in this world? Instead of asking for Jesus to come soon, he is already here because we are asking for the kingdom of God to come on earth. Matthew 6. Pastor Massey exposes the current events in the U.S. in the light of the Constitution and the Word of God. Let's listen in and learn about the founding of America and what we should be doing today to live up to that. Be sure to listen to the end for some important information about Pastor Todd's new book. right, let's do this thing,
1: huh? Ladies and gentlemen, what a cool era we live in amen we have been given the authority to overcome all things i think that translates also into government we're going to be doing a little history lesson this morning if you guys don't know my name is massey Compos. i'm the assistant pastor here at Revive church thanks it's fun i love being your pastor or one of the pastors i should say i love serving under senior pastor uh todd mozingo and his beautiful wife and we just we're honored to be here but we also have a ministry called Self Evident Ministry. I've been traveling for the last almost nine years Uh, into colleges, uh, public high schools, parochial schools, uh, any group that would have us. Yes, I've even been on liberal uh, campuses before and and done these kind of history talks. I love doing open talks and debates. I love doing these things. Do you know why? Because if we don't have the answers, well, where they find them, they will find them in the world, right? And so we have a table back there. we got a bunch of cool stuff. We have like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen our table. Some of you have our shirts. Like this gentleman right here has got a shirt of ours. We love easy sayings nothing that offends like socialism steals kills destroys sound familiar you know just take it easy ease people into things you know i have a pre-existing condition it's called liberty right get off me that kind of thing so got a cool thing we also uh just came out with our new course it's a 14-week constitution course it's on sale today for, the, for, for all of you, and if you guys uh, have any questions, you guys can go pick up one of those because I would love to talk to all of you, but I wanna have lunch today. So I'm not gonna do that. So we also have a podcast called Self Evident Podcast, and it's pretty fun to have. Uh, the reason why we started it was because I just can't shut up, you know, so there's a lot to say. And so I wanted to, 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 to get on that. No excuses, move forward. That's the name of this message. No excuses. Move forward. On July, and usually on the the weekend of the 4th, I do a message uh, that has something to do with history. This is what we talk about in in the ministry we have, self evident. We talk a lot about history, the founding biblical principles of history. How many of you guys have heard we weren't founded on on Christian principles? Uh, You've probably read quotes about it from some of the founders. I will tell you, listen to what they said. We're not founded in any sense on the Christian religion. Listen closely to that. They're right. They were founded on Old Testament principles, the Hebrew Republic. Christianity is a separate sect of religion. And the reason why they didn't include Christ in those documents is because we had different religions that were established in the states. So if they would have said Jesus, they would have had the Anglicans mad at the Catholics, the Catholics mad at the... Doesn't that happen today? Can you imagine back then when it was forced on you to believe this way? So they said, worship God in your conscience. So yes, we were founded on biblical principles. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise, because I'm going to go through... Tons of quotes. And if you want to, if you have any questions, we have a course that's on sale right in the back there. You guys can totally pick one up. (laughs) Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson said this, he's a great guy. He said, We do then most solemnly before God and the world declare that regardless of every consequence, Regardless of any consequence, at the risk of every distress, the arms we have been compelled to assume we will use with perseverance, exerting to their utmost energies all those powers which our creator, God, has given to us to preserve that liberty which he committed to us in a sacred deposit and to protect from every hostile hand our lives and our properties. It costs them something. It costs us something to have liberty, folks. We're going to talk about that today. This is John Adams. He's one of my favorites. If you guys don't remember from last year, what was cool about John Adams, he was short, chubby, and loud. Come on now. Come on now. There's something to be said about that, guys. Government is instituted for the common good, for the protection, safety, prosperity, and happiness of the people. Listen and not for profit, honor, or private interest of any one man, family, or class of men. Look how far we've come today. Hmm? Therefore, the people alone have an incontestable, unalienable, and indefeasible right to institute government and to reform, alter, or totally change the same when their protection, safety, prosperity, and happiness require it. Oh, come on. You guys know those scriptures that we use in Proverbs that says stuff like, when the wicked are in authority, the people mourn, but when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice? Do you know why that scripture can't apply to America? I'll tell you why. It applies to the states, but not to the federal government because the federal government is not our authority, the Constitution is. You are the authority. So if we're righteous, amen, don't we have authority over all things? I don't want them to be an authority. Look what's happening because they're assuming their authority. The states, you want to take your nation back, it starts right here. It starts in our homes, our churches, school boards, city councils, all those things. That's where it starts. Then the nation, because what, what we've done for so long, and this isn't just a, a, a left or a right thing. By the way, guys, I'm neither one. I'm not left or right. I'm not none of that stuff. I'm a Christian, and I'm a constitutionalist, and I believe the word of God, and I believe in written word, okay? Okay. Now, you're going to hear things like, but that document was written by an old bunch of white, rich dudes. <laughs> we're going we're to dispel some of that today, okay? I'll tell you why, because the founders shouldn't be put on a pedestal. Do you think they were perfect men? No, gosh, no. They were, they were in an era that allowed things that were so corrupt, like slavery, right? It allowed it. This was a global thing, right? Slavery wasn't just exclusive to America, it was a global thing and they were entrenched in it, right? And they had to figure out ways to get rid of it. And so you're hearing all these things, rich white dudes, but I'm gonna show you what happened to some of those rich white dudes. They lost everything for the cause of liberty. Are we willing to do the same? is the question, not just for liberty, but for Jesus Christ. How many of us feel like we're in this position sometimes? With the situations that we're in, with the politics that we have, with recent events, how many of us sometimes feel like we're losing hope? Man, Lord, I just, the the, the era of today is so crazy to me, and and I'll tell you why. Because back then, when they saw hardship, when they saw things come against them, they just fortified themselves even more and they went forward. Today's people are like this, oh my gosh, it's here, Jesus is coming back, I hope we're done now. True? How about take up the fight of courage and show the power of God on the behalf of the Lord? How about seeing the problems and saying, no, we're gonna get in our prayer closets, we're gonna get together as a church, we're gonna start praying as a a, a church for our city, for our county, for our schools, for homeschools, for those kinds of things. Instead of saying, Jesus, come back, he's already here, folks, because we're asking for the kingdom of heaven on earth. What about that? Let's change our mindset, because look at some of these tweets that are happening today. Congresswoman, uh, Congresswomen, and, and men are tweeting stuff like this: "Cancel rent, cancel mortgage." <laughs> this is crazy, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why I put these up. Listen to this. Look at that last line from from Ms. Talib, uh, or what, I don't even know really how to pronounce her last name. No more policing, no more incarceration. This is dangerous stuff, folks. Okay, listen to this. California will require toy sellers to provide non-gendered sections in their stores under a new law. Seattle schools were proposed to teach that math education is racist. (laughs) Math is racist, now here's the capper. This is where we're at right now in this nation. Look at the last one. Cats can keep their claws, New York man's decline. Because the cats need their claws, man now let me ask you a question this isn't meant to be funny i'm going to ask you this was that the purpose of government to tell you how to take care of your cat (laughs) to tell you and require businesses to have non-gendered things or was that your choice look you want to be a fool and not declaw your cats good for you don't let bring them over to my house i like my furniture This whole stuff, do you know why this is happening? Because when people forget the Lord, Proverbs 28 says this, because of the transgressions of the land, because of the sins of the land, many are the princes thereof. Because we can't self-govern sometimes, we need people to rule over us. Because we don't know right from wrong anymore. But We're gonna reclaim that back in this nation, amen? Was that the purpose of government? I'm gonna talk to you about James Madison. This was actually a debate he did on the cod fishery bill. Listen to, this is the father of the American Constitution Kind of, sort of, the Bill of Rights, but it was really on this. Listen to what he said. He's saying this, debating against uh, providing for businesses as a government. He said that's not the general welfare, but listen to what he said. If Congress can employ money indefinitely to the general welfare, and are the sole and supreme judges of the general welfare, they may take care of religion into their own hands. He's saying this isn't good, folks. The rest of everything I'm gonna read, he's saying this is not what the Constitution intended, okay? He said, they may take care of religion into their own hands. They may appoint teachers in every state, county, and parish, and pay them out of the public treasury. That's not supposed to happen. They may take care into their own hands the education of children. Can we see what's happened since they've taken control of education? Huh? It says, establishing like manner in schools throughout the union, they may assume the provision of the poor that was not the duty of the government. This is, again, this is the dude who helped write the document, okay? This isn't just opinions. They may undertake the regulation of all roads other than post roads, in short, everything from the highest object of state legislation down to the most minute object of police would be thrown under the power of Congress. Listen to this. Were the power of Congress to be established in the latitude contended for, it would subvert the very foundations and transmit the very nature of limited government established by the people of America. Did you know the Constitution only grants 17 powers to government? They can only do 17 things. If you look at the Constitution, it's really a 10 commandments against the federal government. It's a list of thou shalt nots, you can't cross this line. The Bill of Rights is the same thing. Congress shall make what? No. It was, a, it, was a, it was a prohibition against government to step into your life. You were supposed to be free. Listen, we left a nation like England because they were literally doing the same things that we're experiencing today. We're going to talk about it, okay? This is good stuff. Now, this is George Santayana. He said this, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. If we don't know where we've come from, we will not know where we're going, folks. And that's the truth. Let's go back, this Constitution is 1787, let's go back. This is James Madison again, he said the powers delegated by the proposed Constitution of the federal government are few and defined. Today they say they're indefinite. We can just write bills like we want to. Isn't it crazy that the last, I don't know, 20 years, 25, maybe 30 years, all of a sudden in the dead of night someone's handed 4,000 pages to read through a bill and they pass it four hours later? Thinking that we can read these things, how did that happen? How did we get here, and how do we remedy it, okay? Those which are to remain in the state governments are, in num- are numerous and indefinite. In other words, state governments had more authority. Now, listen, I'm not talking politics here, I'm talking about biblical government. I know, I'm not into politics. Man creates politics, God creates law and government. Okay, and it was Jonathan Mayhew, a Reverend in 1735, he wrote a preface to the book of Romans, and he said this, well listen, if government is in the Bible, why aren't we explaining this from our pulpits? How come we can talk about business, we can talk about families, we can talk about schools, we can talk about all these things, but when it comes to government, we stay silent because we don't want to offend anybody. This isn't about offense, folks. You know why people are offended? Because truth offends. It confronts sin is what it does. But to the lovers of truth, they want truth. They want truth and that's what it's about. Listen, Thomas Jefferson said this too. He didn't say parent of child 591, but he said this, I consider (laughs) he's calling out to you, parent number 591. (laughs) I'm playing, you can keep it up. I consider the foundation of our Constitution as laid on this ground that all powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution or prohibited to the states are reserved to the states or to the people. To take a single step, listen close, to take a single step beyond the boundaries thus specifically drawn around the powers of Congress is to take possession of a boundless field of power not longer susceptible to any definition. Right? Because we all know the declaration, it's very clear, right? We hold these truths to be? Stop. stop. If you guys remember last year, self-evident in kid terms today means, duh. (laughs) Let's repeat that phrase together with the word duh, please. We hold these truths to be duh. "Duh." All men are what? Whoa. There's a self-evident presuppositional truth that God exists. He's the creator. He creates us with things. Do you think that God, that creator, has a law? morality to govern it? yes it says that we hold these truths to be self-evident all men are created created notice it doesn't say we are born or evolved equally we are created wherefore to them when does life begin at creation they were intentional about every single word they wrote this is why abortion is illegal Here's why. Listen, when that Roe v. Wade case, the reason why I'm doing this first before I get into the actual meat and potatoes of this, right, the reason I'm talking about this is because when the Supreme Court came out with this Roe v. Wade decision, a lot of people out there saying, the church and state separate. Like we've never heard that before, right? Church and state separate, right? We can't, that decision had nothing to do with the church. Read the decision. They said we don't have jurisdiction in this matter. It's not constitutional for us to vote on. They're getting mad at the church when the church had nothing to do with it except praying and electing the right people to do the right thing. That's it. Don't fall into the trap that it's the church that messed up or the church is doing this. No, the church is taking right ground and we're letting politics do its thing and we're letting the church do its. That's the separation of church and state, folks. Stay out my business, right? That they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights and among these are life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Listen, to those of you who are for uh, abortion, uh, if you're watching on, T- on, the, on, the, on the show here, or the, not the show, the, 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 the thing, the thing, the TV, the thing. <sighs> so used to the podcast, right? To those of you who are watching and saying you're for abortion, listen, who knows when life begins? Right, but I mean, even us, let's just talk in the natural for a minute. When does life begin? Do you know how many scientists say it's at conception? Some say, no, it's after the heartbeat. Some say it's after the mind, right? The decision actually in 73 said, determines when fetal viability exists. Fetal viability. Look how open-ended that was. Fetal viability. Fetal viability. A little one's viability. So to them, if you can't live on your own, you're not viable. I have a question. If I stuck you stark naked in Antarctica with no one around you, how, how viable are you? Does that mean your life is worthless? No, we need help, don't we? We need help. We need the body. We need each other. It's not about viability. It is about the person being dependent on somebody. But it's not dependent on government. It's dependent on the Lord, right? And a baby's dependent on its mother and father. Mother and fathers are important. So if we don't know when life begins, don't touch it. Why do we err on the side of the negative? If we don't know it, we'll just kill them. No, how about this? I don't know when it begins. I'm not even going to touch it because that's someone's life. See what I'm saying? So let's stay out of it. Here's the next one, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, to secure our rights that God gave us. And I can go through all of them, but I'm not going to, because there's a lot to say. Deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. You know what that word just means? And now Thomas Jefferson said he wrote every word specifically. Notice he didn't say deriving their powers from the consent of the government, he said the just powers. You know what the word just means? Upright, honest, having principles of rectitude or conforming exactly to the laws. That the powers we give them are conforming to the laws that we've written. And if they go outside of that, are they just powers anymore are they tyrannical now? Okay? So it says this, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, are we seeing it today? It is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and institute new governments, laying its foundation on such principles, organizing its powers in such a form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. Listen, if you don't know anything about this, we're going to go through the three branches real fast, and the reason I'm doing this is because if you think the founders got together in a room, and this was just, again, written by a bunch of rich white dudes, and they didn't really know what they were talking about, you know, like the electoral college, what an outdated system. Three branches of government, pfft. I could have thought that up in a dream. All right, all right, I'm gonna challenge you as we read some of these things, okay? Listen to this. It was George Washington that had mentioned and John Adams and Madison. These, they all got together and said, listen, Adams actually proposed the three branches of government. He actually got it from Isaiah 33:22. For the Lord is our judge, for the Lord is our lawgiver, and the Lord is our king. And Adams also wrote in conjunction to Isaiah 33, he said that the reason for the separation was also because of The heart is more deceitful than anything else, and it's desperately sick. Who can understand it? So if God is all three, what makes man think he can be all three? I can't even be one of them sometimes without the Lord, amen? I can't be a judge on things that matter without without the conscience that God gives me. To be a ruler of my house, I need the Lord for that. To be the king and priest of my house, amen? To be, to be a lawgiver, to, for me to write down the rules and the commandments I give to my sons, right? And my household. I need the Lord for that. God is all three. Man can never be. That's why we separated powers. Because they were supposed to be in check against each other. Listen, we'll go through it right away. Article one, section one. <laughs> Let's get into this. Let's get into this stuff. I love history. I used to hate it. I used to hate history and then I saw the Lord's finger in it. Then I saw the Lord's finger in it. And if you guys have any questions at all, you guys can totally see me or we have a kit that's on sale back there. If <laughs> you want to get it. All legislative powers Here and granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, guys. That white word. What does it say? All. What does all mean? You know what it means in the Greek? crazy, isn't it? All lawmaking abilities herein granted shall be vested in the Congress of the United States. All lawmaking ability. Only Congress can make a law. How many more powers of law can be left to the executive branch? How about the Supreme Court? That's why the Supreme Court could have never ruled on abortion and make it law. You heard it for years that in our nation that abortion was legal and it's constitutional law. It is not. And it never was and it never should have been. And the the, the fact that we said that and we believed it shows us the ignorance of who we are. Now, listen closely. If you're not into government, that's okay. There's no reason you shouldn't understand these documents. Listen, some of you, I preach, we pastor, right? Some of us lead up ministries. Pastor Jan, you're leading up ministry, uh, you know, several others in here, prayer ministry. Just because you're not a preacher doesn't mean you shouldn't understand scripture. It affects you. Government will affect you. If you don't believe me, look at 2020. It came in quick, didn't it? We have the authority to shut the church down. (laughs) What? Where did you get that from? Thank God for a Sheriff Snyder. Honestly, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he does everything correctly. But when he challenged us, he told them, I can't shut them down. They're a church. It's not within my jurisdiction. I was like, I like him. (laughs) All right. Now, did you know Congress has limits on what it can do when it passes laws? So it can't just pass laws that it wants. Let's go to the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. Congress shall make what? It went from all to no. No, Congress shall make no, any, none law. Stop. Don't you wish they'd have stopped there? Let the states do it, huh? Let the states reclaim their authority. You know what's so cool about Florida and other places like South Dakota? Listen, if you think Florida's this bastion of liberty, there's only a few that are fighting for it. We got a lot of work to do in Florida, folks. There's only a few like Sabatini, obviously Governor DeSantis, but there's a lot of people who aren't for liberty, even on the side of right. right. They're rhinos, They they wanna do their thing, they wanna just go along to get along. We got a lot of work to do, folks. So thank God for people holding the line. But I think in America, we need to quit holding the line and start advancing it, eh? I think it's time to do that. Congress shall make no law respecting or regarding an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. You know why this clause isn't about separation of church and state or how they say it today because we can't establish a religion? Has nothing to do with it because that second line makes sense or prohibiting its free exercise. You know, you as the church, you can do as your call to do. Just don't be stupid about it, right? Let me explain. Go preach, witness, baptize, right? But don't force your preaching, baptismals and all those things. Now you've left the Holy Ghost, now you're just a jerk. When your right now starts to infringe on the rights of another, you've no longer went into rights, now you've violated them. See what I'm saying? We gotta be careful. And it talks about abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. No, I don't want laws against the press. I don't care how much they lie because the truth rings louder than the lies. So we need to preach louder than what the media is saying. (laughs) Now, folks, I love you. I really do, I do. And I love you to the truth, right? If you're looking at the media for your sources of information, I highly encourage you, A, stop. (laughs) B, as much as you watch the news, double read scripture. And I'll tell you why. Because the scriptures teach you discernment. The scriptures teach you how to judge right and wrong. The scriptures in the Holy Ghost teach you what is truth and what is not, what's fake. You can discern it inside. That's important to have. And if you're not reading the scriptures daily, but you're tuning into news sources, and I don't care what side they're on, because everybody's got a filter, don't they? I have a filter. I believe all things are pure. I believe the founders really did mean well. Sometimes they did some crazy things, but guess what? I would do crazy things too if they let me in charge. <laughs> I would. I would, man. You know, reading some of these stories. Listen, John Adams said this. You have rights given to you before all earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws, rights that come from the great legislator of the universe. They were not talking about the light bulb, folks. They were talking about the God of heaven, okay? Now... Let's get into this. Article two, this is the powers of the president. What can the president do real fast? The executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and altogether with the vice president chosen the same term to be elected as follows. And all it does, it tells you what his authority does. The reason why, now this is gonna be a little controversial but hear my heart in this, okay? You know why we're in constant war? I believe this to be true. You can go research it yourself. Because constant war gives presidents more power power is really enacted by the president when war is constantly going because they're in charge of the Navy, they're in charge of all the military, right? But then they can issue emergency orders. They can do all these things. There's like, if you guys go look it up, I think we're in like some, I'm going to get the number, some like 20 plus wars right now. We don't even know them. We're in so many different conflicts right now. That's insane. So if the president doesn't have any lawmaking ability, according to article one, section one, what gives him the authority to write executive orders? And what is an executive order? You know what an executive order is? For his cabinet, for his term. He issues executive orders to his cabinet. The the Constitution never gave the authority for the president to make blanket laws over the states or the people themselves. That is, guys, we left a monarchy, that's called a king. We don't have a king in this nation. Listen closely, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, you've heard this argument before? You know who the Caesars are in this country? I'm looking at them. We don't have a ruler in this nation, you are. The authority of the land is the Constitution. We've gotta get it out of our heads that there's somehow these arbiters of morality, that they'll teach us, man, if we just enact more laws. Did you guys know there's over 12,000 gun laws in the book, states included? I think 14,000 now. Because one more law is gonna do it. Those lawbreakers will finally say, oh, I gotta go get a mental check before I shoot up that. Come on! Laws don't, ch- listen, if laws worked, Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to come on scene. 613 precepts and the 10 commandments, he literally taught us how to wash a dish. This is how you wash the dish. You can't mingle two different fabrics, right? You gotta have a beard, not a beard, right? Uh, How women should take care of themselves. But if that worked, we wouldn't have needed a savior from our sin. We needed a heart transformation first before any law could be obeyed. This is why the nation was founded as the states having authority over the federal government. Listen, the word federal is federation. They're a comportment of all the states coming together saying, okay, we have someone who's representing us on a global scale. That's what the president does. Do treaties, that kind of stuff. That's his job, right? This is Alexander Hamilton. Where's Paul Garner? Forgive me for using this quote, but it's a really cool quote. Him and I disagree on Hamilton. It's all right. We'll get into a tomorrow. The propriety, listen, the propriety of a law in a constitutional light must always be determined by the nature of the powers upon which it was founded. Today you're hearing that the Constitution is a living, breathing document. We can change it at whim as we interpret it. Not the case. They're saying here that laws need to be interpreted as they were founded in the first place. We need to go back and say, why did they write it like this? Not interpret it the way we want to. Folks, imagine, have we not done that with Scripture today? We have something now called, and it's not always bad, but it's happening now, Christian deconstructionalism. We'll reinterpret it the way we want to because we want God to conform to me instead of me conform to God. And we're trying to figure out ways to justify our sins and justify things that are ungodly and wrong and saying we don't need to follow old covenants like the Bible. Divorce is rampant. Why? Because we don't hold things to the word of God. We don't say, Lord, I'm going to love no matter what. Love is a choice, not a feeling, right? This is why you see kids without fathers, because we started attacking the family, right? And now kids are going around fatherless because we attacked the covenants that God specifically made for the church. And if the church can't hold its covenants, are we expecting a government to This is why I get passionate about it. Church, you have the authority. You have the authority in you. Don't you see that you guys are the ones that can either stop or do this? You're the ones that can run for these positions and stop all this ungodliness. Is it all going to stop? No. Wickedness prevails, man. The poor you'll always have among you. But what a cool thing that that story of the 5,000 when he fed them five loaves and two fish, right? What I love about the scriptures, that he didn't write that for us only to read, he wrote it for us to emulate it, to go do that thing. What's gonna be your five loaves and two fish story when you get to heaven, when the books of remembrance are written about you? What's your five loaves and two fish story? What's your Jonah story? What's your Moses and burning bush experience story? This is what it's about. Listen, is this impossible? Yeah, yeah, it is. But with God, all things are possible. I remember when uh, we started Self Evident, I used to preach this a lot. We, and you guys have attest to this, i preached messages here a lot. We will see Roe v. Wade overturn in her lifetime. Oh man, you <laughs> see. I've sat with many people and they laughed. Yeah, I don't know buddy, we need a whole overhaul of the Supreme Court. Yep. Yep, was it, a, was it a way to divide us more? Maybe, but the church can't be divided. The church has to be united. So then we see this thing overturned. It, was it impossible? Oh yeah. yeah, but look what God can do. Look what God can do. Now here's the last one, article three. Gosh, I only got two more hours. So, you know what's stupid is? fit 700 years of history into 40 minutes. Good luck, right? So I'm going to try. The judicial power shall extend to all cases. Listen, this is the authority of the Supreme Court. And then after that, I'll start ripping into this. The authority of the Supreme Court is the judicial power shall extend to all cases, listen, in law and in equity arising under the Constitution. So the Supreme Court can only rule in on matters of law and equity under the Constitution. How many of you guys have actually read the Constitution cover to cover? Cool. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I ask anyone a question in here? Even you haven't read it. Have you heard anything about bathrooms in the Constitution? Oh, Supreme Court's got to hear it. Discrimination, bathrooms. Uh, how about marriage? Forcing kids to get sex or sex changes. I'm serious. This is insane. What we're actually proposing now, you know what's cool about this Supreme Court, this is where I have hope, is that they didn't say we're conferring a new law, we're just undoing an old opinion. So, this is why when Clarence Thomas said, now we gotta examine all the other ones, like marriage. I'm like, yes, yes, there you go, that's it. Listen, once that door's open, now's the time to go, right? I always find it funny, left or right, whatever, but you never notice that the side that's of evil never stops? Why is it the right always has to compromise? Or the Christian, no more. more. Now, I'm not saying to take up arms and go storm the Capitol. That's not what I'm saying here. If you haven't been on your knees first, if you haven't heard from the Lord, if you're not out there witnessing and preaching the gospel, if you're more hated for your politics than Jesus Christ, you should never pick up a gun to try to change anybody. Because if you're not transformed inside first, the gun thing was the last result. Defending themselves was the last result. It was the end result. I'm telling you guys, this should challenge you to get in your throne rooms. Men, listen. You want to take your homes back? Get in the prayer room. Men, you want to change your church? Get in the prayer room. Or your prayer truck. I don't care. Spend time with the Lord. Let him lead you. Men, listen to me. Men, this is on you now. Listen, I'm not calling out men because it's another church calling out men. No, we were given the mandate to do this. We have a job to do, men. Ladies, hold the line at home. We, we know. We know. And we're doing our best. And we're relearning things we, we forgot. We were never taught. I was never taught this stuff. My parents came from Mexico in the 60s. I wasn't taught any of this stuff. I learned it because when I started preaching in public schools and they started to say separation of church and state, it really offended me. <laughs> because, you know, I'm a victim, you know. Offend. <laughs> I was really upset about it. I was like, Lord, what are you talking about separation of church and state? You know what happened? Now, I start to dig. Congress shall make no law, prohibiting my free exercise. Oh, the first amendment was written for me to preach the gospel, not to hold me from it. Oh, hey, boom. Now I can't shut up because we need to preach. Amen. We got kids out there that need the living God right now. We got families that need to be reunited under the covenant of God right now, don't they? We got men that are looking and striving for a family and those that have been rejected and dejected women in here that have probably had abortions the redemption is here for you and God can use you as much as he can use anybody else what's cool about the founders were they were never supposed to be on a pedestal they were men and women just like you and yes the founding mothers were some awesome women let's continue It's a very dangerous doctrine, Thomas Jefferson said, to consider the Supreme Court judges as the ultimate arbiters of constitutional questions. It is one which would place us under the despotism of oligarchy. Despotism means full authority. Oligarchy means when few rule. That's not what the government was intended for. I don't want one dude ruling for me. You can see how that's worked out, right? Because every monarchy succeeds. Noah Webster, he founded the Webster's Dictionary. His cousin was Daniel Webster. If you don't know Daniel Webster, he was a statesman, he was a Christian. He said, hold on, my friends, to the Constitution, to the republic for which it stands. He said, miracles don't cluster in what has happened. Once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Listen to that biblical view, 6,000 years. He said, hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. He was right. But listen to what his cousin said, Noah Webster. He said, if the citizens neglect their duty and place unprincipled men in office, the government will soon be corrupted. If a Republican government, now he's not talking about the right or the left, he's talking about Republican, which means representative government. If a representative government fails to secure public public prosperity and happiness, it's because the citizens neglect the divine commands and elect bad men to make and administer laws. We got a job to do, folks. We got a job to do. Now, some of you are in here thinking, what can I do? I think there's a lot more people in here that can run for town council, county council, school board, mayor, sheriff, even if necessary. I could see Max as a sheriff. Partner. I think Maxie could do it. You'd be a great sheriff, brother. I think P. Todd should be the mayor. Don't get me fired. It's, it's, wouldn't that be cool if Pastor Todd was the mayor of Stewart? Now accepting donations. For, I'm kidding. I'm playing. Now, if you guys are at all confused with what's going on right now, we have a course back there that's for sale if you want to get one. Now, here we get into the meat. Of what we're talking about today what was the are you guys learning something this morning notice how when we talk government when we talk true government and biblical government not politics you don't get offended because it's pure it was meant to be that way this politics stuff that got us unwrapped like free this free that outside of the authority of government you want people get offended because it's outside of their scope of power where are they getting this from and by the way, that quote that said, cancel rent, cancel this, cancel mortgages, you should have seen the responses from her constituency. Who's going to pay for this? Hopefully not my grandkids. And they were all the D word, Democrats. Yeah. Wow. Even they're waking up. Yeah. What's the price? Whoops. What's the price? What was the price of freedom? I, I don't want to have you stand up. I don't know, I kind of feel weird when people do that. But if you've served in our military, most of you probably know someone who has served and lost their lives in the military for service for our country. And Those who used to serve and are retired or have someone that served in your, in your family, I want to say thank you. I'm standing here on the blood back, tears, sacrifice, sweat, bullets, thoughts, prayers, Finances of the men and women who courageously gave their lives for a nation that someday might even hate them. But they did it because they loved. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Then you have disciples you know what that bible we all carry sometimes some of us have it in our phones some of us have it in book form right that cost a lot of men and women their lives for us to have and i'm going to encourage you on one thing that's a blood-bought book open it and read it and study it and ask the lord to reveal himself to you he will that's why I cherish the word. That's why the word and spirit coming together is so important. Do you know what it costs men and women of history to have a Bible that we have in this nation? You guys should read the Fox's book of martyrs. Peter being hum- upside down on a cross. John Huss singing a hymn. Beating his chest as he's being burned on the cross. Singing a hymn. That's the sacrifice for our Bible for religion, for Christ. Uh, You know, like think about this. We have people in here who have lost family members for this nation. And some of us don't even care to read the law or hold officials accountable. And most of us, praise God, do. And I don't think we're the minority. I think we are the majority and God's getting his way right now. But listen, Jesus Christ is on the throne and that has to take precedence before any government to me. Any government. What was the price? I'm gonna show you real fast. The Declaration of Independence says this, the last paragraph, we therefore the representatives. Oh man. Uh, we, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in General Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world, God, for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies. Notice it didn't say by the authority of government by the people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these colonies are of a right and ought to be free and independent states. If you read in this this document here, it calls Great Britain a state. Each state was supposed to be sovereign with their own governments and their own authorities under the banner of the Constitution. They weren't supposed to be blanketed with laws. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on who? The protection of divine providence. Who the heck is that? God. We mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And folks, they did. Listen, Hebrews 11, I'm not gonna go through it all, but it says this. What more shall I say for time would tell a family to tell of Gideon and Barak? He did this whole sermon series on Gideon and all these others, and you guys gotta go, I'm Barak. Have you ever heard of Barak? He's actually mentioned in the scriptures. It's pretty crazy. Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith, who believed bigger than just overcoming porn, Sorry, that's a major sin in the church, but listen to how we've talked about sin, that that's the major stronghold in our church. No, my people are destroyed because they lack what? You know what that word destroyed in Hebrew actually means silenced? My people are silenced because they lack knowledge. You know why people are timid? Because they don't know. I don't even know if it's an issue of courage. I think most men and women, if you give them the knowledge, Have you met my wife? Give her a piece of knowledge. She don't she don't stop. I've met some of you, ladies. Jan, when does she ever refrain from her words up here? I believe when people get knowledge, they get courage because they see injustice is done, and the Bible says, be ready to revenge all forms of disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We've got a job to do. It's time for us to move up. Listen, through faith they conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises. Stop the mouths of lions. Guys, I couldn't stop my dog from biting me, and they were stopping lions from eating them. This was what faith did. Listen, they quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Listen, this is the capper. This is where we miss it. We need courage before we fight. Listen to the next line. We're made strong out of weakness, became mighty in the war. They went to war and then God bestowed upon them mighty. They took their calls on and they did it. Listen, I don't know if you're called to government. I believe I am. I believe I'm called to rectify that system. I believe I'm supposed to help do that. I believe I'm called to preach and be a pastor here at Revive Church. I believe I'm called to preach the gospel. I believe I'm called to not only do that, but mentor and set souls free by the power of God. I believe the church is called to heal, to set free, to deliverance, to miracles, to signs and wonders. I believe the church is the most powerful thing in America.
0: It is the church!
1: And we're the church. All of you who clapped, we're the church. It's not a building. I love the building. It's a nice building. It's their condition, praise the Lord. I've had church services in Mexico, ain't got this. I'm going to Malawi soon. Probably ain't got some of these comforts, but I love the building. But each one of you is the church. Now, if the founders of the faith had faith like that, what could you do? Jesus said, greater work shall you do than I did because I go unto the Father. If it's called upon you to stop socialism in America, then don't question it. Do it. And let the Lord sort it out. I believe it was John Quincy Adams that said, duty is ours, results are God's. I'm not called to make the thing happen. I'm called to go do it. And he'll make the thing happen. If that's his will. Amen? Amen? See, that should absolve any kind of... Uh, fear or or, or what's the word Uh, insecurity about ministry you're not called to bear the fruit he does the bearing you do the sitting you do the doing let him anoint the doing and I love it when people are like well we have to have this we have to have the newest of this and that maybe but God doesn't anoint plans he anoints men ooh let's get into that let's talk about John Adams real fast well that's a lot so he was born in 1735 on October 19th. John Adams was born in the city of Braintree. Wow, what a great city, Braintree. And so when he was 8 years old, 1743, he attended Braintree's Latin school headed <laughs> by Joseph Cleverly, where he was being prepared to enter his exams to, to Harvard at 8 years old. What? I mean, I'm reading some of this stuff, you know, I've done this for years and I'm still like, what? At eight, I still enjoyed the Flintstones with my Captain, my Captain Crunch, you know what I mean? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Eight years old, I was thinking about, man, what's the next, uh, what's the next uh, He-Man episode, you know what I mean? Seven, that shows you how old I am, too. Do you younger people know who He-Man is? Stop it. When he was 16, 1751, Adams was admitted to Harvard College at the age of 15, almost 16. When he was 20 years old, in 1755, June, John graduated from Harvard, impressed by John's uh, commencement speech Reverend Thaddeus McCarty, who directed the Central School of Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. I almost said Worcester, I almost said it, all of you people from Boston, I didn't say it. He hired John as a teacher, watch this, at 23, he concluded his studies with Putnam, he moved to Braintree and was admitted to the bar at Suffolk County. 23 years old. At 26 in January, Adams and his friend Samuel Quincy observed the first confrontation between the American colonies and the British crown. When a customs official applied for writs of assistance, it was an eye-opener for him as an understanding of relationship with the motherland. He was like, oh boy, I'm gonna move this for a minute so you guys can read it, because it's a little bit bigger. May 25th, John's father dies of influenza. Watch this. At 30. John married Abigail Smith after two years of courtship. Here's where the battle begins. This is why I don't understand today's thinking. When hardship hits, oh my gosh, Jesus needs to come back. He was like, hardship hits? God called me to this and I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. Watch this. When he was 31, so he gets married to Abigail. A year later, the Stamp Act is approved by Parliament. If you don't know what the Stamp Act is, it was actually a a, a tax that was imposed on any kind of federal document, any kind of documents. uh, it, It imposed direct taxes, and the founders were upset about this, right? Because there was all this stuff Sugar Act, the Stamp Act, and all these other things. Now, they issue a new tax. Government's coming in and enforcing this tax, right? Then they have a baby. Life didn't stop for them. They had a baby. Isn't that great? So government oppression comes, some will say, I don't want to have a baby right now because it's too hard. They're like, what a time to have a baby. Watch this, a couple's <throat> first daughter, Abigail Amelia, is born August. John Adams publishes an, honestly, an essay in the Boston Gazette called A Dissertation on Canon and Fugile Law. Does anybody know what that is? A Dissertation on Canon and Law? We have a course back there that's for sale <laughs> that'll teach you all about that. In 1766, at the age of 32, <laughs> I won't say it anymore. I'm kidding. I'm playing. I'm playing. Was, it's was a joke. It's a joke. Right. So the Stamp Act is repealed when he's 32. Parliament approves the Declaratory Act. That's four different acts against the colonies. The Declaratory Act made four laws where they said, we're going to start imposing laws on the colonies now. They're no longer going to make their own. We're going to start doing taxes the way we want to. And by the way, if you're seditious, we're going to come after you. Right? So. The Stamp Acts repealed, this, hap- this happens, and when he's 33, the Townshend Acts happens. If you don't know what the Townshend Acts it was placing uh, taxes and duties on papers, glass, tea, all that other stuff, right? No, on July 11th, the couple's first son is born. You know what I love about this? Again, what, what were they called to, and through the hardship, did they continue to do it? He was called to father his kids. He was called to be a lawyer. He was called to be in politics. No matter what came against him, I'm going to keep doing what God has called me to do. Amen? Yes. There was no excuses. It's like, I'm going to keep moving forward, right? So watch this. And when he was 35, 35 years old, business was booming. Adams defended John Hancock in a smuggling case. And when he was 36 in 1770, his daughter Susanna dies at 13 months of age. Right? March 5th, the Boston Massacre happens. You got to read that story. The Boston Massacre. So, someone thought they yelled fire and opened fire and killed a bunch of Boston, Bostonians. Uh, June, he'll, he was elected to the Massachusetts legislature. In October, the Boston Massacre trials. Adams defends Thomas Preston uh, as one of the six of the, eight were, uh, uh, six of the eight soldiers were acquitted. When he was 35 again, I'm sorry, when he was why did I put 35 there? I'm sorry. John returns to Braintree due to health reasons. His third son, Thomas Boylston, is born. So he was sick, and then another son is born. The Intolerable Acts happened. The Intolerable Acts, again, was another thing that was more taxation, more regulation. It basically undid a lot of the other laws and said, now we're gonna enforce them even more, right? So then it says this. He was a delegate to the First Continental Congress in Philadelphia. The Battle of Lexington and Concord happened in April. May, he was a delegate to the Second Continental Congress. On October, Abigail's mother and John's brother, uh, Elihu, died of dysentery. Are you guys catching this? In 1776, Adams signs the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is adopted by Congress. It is announced that the 13 American colonies would upend their allegiance to the crown. Now, what happened to John Adams? He became, listen, when he was, I think when he was 44, 45, he went all the way overseas to get loans for America because we were broke, okay? You know who he took with him? John Quincy, his son who was 10 years old, to help delineate. When his son was 13, he was a secretary to the ambassador of Prussia for the United States. So through all the chaos, they kept educating their kids. They kept being fathers, statesmen. They kept getting involved in the battle, right? They kept being, for some, pastors. The pastors of that day didn't shrink back. They stood. Now, not all of them were for the cause of war, but they didn't shrink back. The more that the evil came against them, guess what happened? They kept rising up. Now here's real fast, I'm gonna try to go through this as fast as possible. This is Thomas Jefferson. At age five, began studying under his cousin's tutor. At age nine, he studied Latin, Greek, and French. Right? At 14 studied classical literature and additional languages. At 16, he entered the College of William and Mary. He could write Greek with one hand and Latin in the other simultaneously. (laughs) I'm just studying this stuff and I'm like, there's so much to read, right? At 19, he studied law for five years under George Wythe and the Stamp Act is approved by Parliament. Then the Townshend Acts happened in uh, uh, 1767. At 23, he started his own law practice. You know what, come after me. I'm gonna keep going. This is what I'm called to do. Listen, this is why there's no excuses. You keep doing what God has called you to do, no matter what evil, no matter what's coming against us as a nation, God is greater than all that. You know why, okay. Come on, Lord, do you know why he's calling you to be who you're called to be? Because people want the silver bullet, don't they? What's the answer, Mass? How do we get back to that? You know what I'm looking at? A whole crowd of silver bullets. There is no silver bullet. We're all called as a piece of this to help remedy what's going on in America. Each one of us has a part to play in the remedy of liberty again. Each one of us has a part to play in the proclamation of the gospel. The church is not one person. The church is all of us. America is all of us. That's why I hate this term minority. The minority and Mexican-American and African-American. I hate that. Do you know why? Because if you're a citizen, you are an American of these United States and there should never be divisions in this nation. Ever. It has hurt more than it has helped. It's hurt us more than it helped us because it pits, listen, if you're listening to the media, isn't it funny? Why should you hate rich people? Why why is that even in the conversation? They're rich, we must hate them. If you're white, shut up. Right? I got a lot of white friends. I'm employed by a white guy. (laughs) Kind of black though. His his lineage is of the Mazingo tribe. Seriously, slaves that immigrated to America, or that came to America. So yeah, he's kind of, how do you remedy that? (laughs) Let's keep going, huh? Got off on a tangent there. All right, let's go to 1774. At age 31, he wrote the widely circulated summary view of rights of British America and retired from his law practice. He was 31, he said, I'm done with law, now time to get into government, right? The Intolerable Acts happened in May. In 1775, at the age of 32, he was a delegate to the Second Continental Congress, then the Battle of Lexington and Concord happened. When he was 33 years old, he wrote the Declaration of Independence by himself. 33 years old. (laughs) 33 years old. And if y'all read that document, the original one, outlawed slavery, banned all kinds of, banned abortion. There was a lot of things in there that he was calling out that was happening in the land at the time. It's crazy stuff. Northwest Ordinance of 1787. You guys should read it when you get a chance. There's all these documents that have at the foundation as the Lord, right? Uh, When he was 33, he took three years to revise Virginia's legal code. At 36, he was elected to governor of Virginia. At 36 years old, whew, 41, he was American minister to France and negotiated commercial treaties. At 46, he served as the first secretary of state under George Washington. At 53, he was the vice president. Then he was elected as the American philosophical society's president. At 55, he drafted the Kentucky Resolution, Are you catching this? All through the hardship, God elevated him because he was worthy to do it. He kept moving forward. He didn't make an excuse. He didn't say, oh my gosh, I need this. Listen, some of us are gonna have to give up temporal pleasures to get what God's asking us to do. We're gonna have to do that. I'm not saying all of you. I'm saying some of us will. I know I had to for a while. God's prospered, no question. But there was a time where I didn't see that happen, and you know what? It was awesome, because I saw the finger of God in all of it, right? Now, I'm going to continue. I'm not going to go through all these, but listen. Carter Braxton of Virginia was a prosperous planter and trader. His ships were destroyed by the British Navy. He lost his home to pay off debts and died in poverty. Remember those rich old white people? Most of them died dead or in poverty. Rich old white dudes, Okay. Thomas Lynch was an aristocratic rice plantation owner in South Carolina who risked a substantial fortune by signing the Declaration of Independence. His health rapidly declined and his ship was lost at sea. On the way to Europe to recover, no one knows what happened to him. Thomas McKean of Delaware was harassed mercilessly. His family went into hiding during the war, moving multiple times. He served in Congress without pay and died in poverty. These were, trade, they, they, they were tradesmen, rich dudes who died poor. Go down to John Hart, had to leave his dying wife's beds. Oof. Had to leave his dying wife's bedside at his 13 children, ran off in various directions to flee the British. For more than a year, he lived in caves and forests. He returned home to find his wife dead, his children missing, and all of his property gone. He died shortly after of physical and mental exhaustion and a broken heart. Five of the 56 signers were captured by the British and tortured. Twelve lost their homes through looting, confiscation, and burning to the ground. Seventeen lost their fortunes. Two lost sons in the military, while another two sons were captured and nine lost their lives. We don't know what went into this as Americans. That's why the national discourse is so wrong. These guys just did it willy-nilly. They're just a bunch of white people who wanted to get their up. white privilege. So wrong! And church, don't give in to that. God created us all as one. We're under the blood of Jesus. There's no such thing as privilege. Listen, you who are like me, I'm Latin, I'm blessed and highly favored, praise the Lord. You who are African or black, if you wanna say it that way, you can't get mad at me because I'm ethnic. I got like a right to it or something. I got Mexican privilege. Did you know that I know men who are Hispanic, black, Asian, Indian, all of them, who are just as prosperous as the white man? And some of those people who are Christians say because the Lord elevated me. I didn't elevate myself. I didn't make excuses. I didn't turn against my brother. I didn't stab them in the back and say white privilege. They got rid of their excuses, said, Lord, if this is the course I'm on, prosper it. And he did, and he has. So everybody has the opportunity to do that. As a Hispanic, I've I've confronted racism and I've I've experienced racism before. It happens. People are ignorant, dude. You know, if they're sinful, shouldn't we preach to them instead of get mad at them? Shouldn't we be preaching repentance instead of putting it on Facebook and Instagram? Look how terrible. It- no, repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. You, sir, are an evil right now. Why not that? Why not love them to the truth? See, the, the Christian has to be different than the world, folks. Different than politics. Amen? I'm going to wrap it up here. John Hancock said, resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. I'm so sorry, guys. I know this was going to be long, but continue with a steadfast and with a proper sense of your dependence on God. Nobly defend those rights which heaven gave. And Washington said, the harder the conflict, the greater the triumph. What's your duty? These are the last couple that I have. I mean that. This is Ian Bounds. He wrote this in the book, Power Through Prayer. He was talking about the church. He said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better. Not new organizations or more novel methods, but men from the Holy Ghost can use. Men of prayer, mighty men in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but he anoints men. Men of prayer. It's my last quote. I use this at every... and if you guys didn't understand any of this we have you can come and see me afterwards and we have a course back there (laughs) listen to this though posterity this quote makes more sense every time i read it future generations you will never know how much it costs the present generation to preserve your freedom i hope you'll make good use of it if you do not I shall repent in heaven that I took half the pains to preserve it. I just, what more do you say to that? Paul even said that. Y'all counted my sacrifice as nothing, right? But then he says, it's not me though. I'm crucified with Christ. I don't live. It's not me, but Christ in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I want everybody to stand right now. Did you guys get something out of today? This morning, praise God. Can we get the altar ministers to come forward, please? Uh, Because some of us are called to battle. Some of us are called to do something. And some of us are making excuses as to why we shouldn't do them, or the world's coming against us, or there's something wrong with our system. It does not matter the system that you're in. If God has called you, he will prosper the thing he's called you to do. Some of us need a healing touch from God right now. Some of us say, well, it's because of my circumstance I'm not healed. That is a lie from the pit of hell. God wants to heal you this morning. God wants to anoint you to do what you're called to do. If you're called to be a minister of the gospel, praise the Lord. If you're called to be a a preacher, praise God. If you're called to ministry, if you're called to plant flowers, I don't care. Plant flowers in the name of Jesus and go save souls. That's your duty, amen? These people are up here to pray for you. They labor in prayer all the time for you so that we can see God move on your behalf. I want to bless you and thank you for coming this morning. I'm sorry it was a longer sermon, but I pray that you were ministered to. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask you this morning, Lord, to break the bondage of our thoughts that have been hindering us for years. That, Lord, your unction comes upon us to do what you've called us to do. You said, ask of the Holy One, and He would give you the unction to know all things. I pray we know all things in this church, what we're called to, what we're destined and predestined to do. I just pray, Father, You bless us as we go home in the name of Jesus Christ. And as they come up for prayer, they come believing that You will do it. In Jesus' name, Lord.
0: Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at reviveusnow.com. We're excited that Pastor Todd has released his latest book called Old is the New. The Old Testament is filled with stories that seem amazing on their own, but they also leave questions. If they are history and not part of the new covenant that we have with Christ today, then why do we need these stories at all? What are they for? Could it be that those stories were recorded and saved for us because there is something they can teach us? Could it be that those stories actually help us understand God and the New Covenant He has with us? Could it be that somehow those stories guide, teach, and help us understand what God has for us as New Covenant believers? And finally, could there be hidden mysteries in these stories that actually give us revelation for today? This new book is available now on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com slash give. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice. That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.